0: To some men. Some years ago, Daniel Borston, who was then the Librarian of Congress, wrote a brilliant little book called The Discoverers. It was a story all about the joy that we human beings take in searching. Just how did we learn to tell time and make maps and write history? And why didn't the Chinese discover America? Why didn't the Arabs sail round the world? And why did it take so long to figure out that the Earth goes round the sun? One way to write history is to write a history of human beings who are seekers, man the discoverer, man the adventurer. Even though the biosphere went up for sale last week and the shuttle no longer flies, We still have the bug. The question isn't whether the shuttle will fly again, but when. And now the president tells us that we are off to Mars. None of that finds much opposition, because by nature, we are seekers. But in a way, our nature betrays us, or at least betrays something about us as human beings. If you are seeking this morning, then in some very real sense, you are unsettled or unsatisfied. If you are seeking, then in some way you feel that your world is still incomplete. If you are seeking, then the Chinese curse has come true for you. You live in interesting times. Interesting, but not satisfying. The Gospel today from St. Matthew is just the opposite. This is not about us as seekers, but about Jesus the seeker. In this Gospel, Jesus is the one who discovers, and what he discovers is us. Jesus is seeking, and what he wants is you. In Jesus' day, it was considered bad form for a rabbi to have a website or to spam you. It was much like the old days when attorneys were not supposed to advertise. But that, you see, doesn't bother Jesus. The stakes are so high. You are so important to Christ that he breaks with convention. Jesus stands on a street corner in Galilee and cries out, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus goes to the beach and he picks out four to follow him. Leave your nets And i'll give you something to do that actually matters i will make you fishers of men and it works in all the murkiness of this morning that may be the most important thing to remember that jesus way works you and i all of us who are here this morning all of us who believe proof of that you and I are part of the catch in a very real way you and I are the spiritual grandchildren of these four of Peter and Andrew and James and John you are Christian of course because of Jesus but it was Jesus to those four and then to the twelve and then to the three thousand and then to the church and then to you and to me. That is Jesus' way. It is preaching and teaching and healing and acts of mercy. It is repentance and forgiveness and coming when called. It is being made into a disciple, not being born as one. That is how the church went from 1 to 4 to 12 to 70 to 3,000, to you. Jesus' way works. That may be the most important thing to remember this morning because the world and even the church no longer seems to believe that. You wouldn't know that Jesus' way works by looking at how the church today conducts its business. If you look at which Christians' books sell best, and if you look at which Christian television preachers are most popular, and if you look at which church programs receive denominational funding, they look very much more like Daniel Boorstin than Jesus of Nazareth. Mostly the books and the shows and the programs today are all about us all about our restlessness, all about our seeking, all about our needs, all about our satisfaction, and all about our success. Mostly, the church public in our age has broken down into one long series of tips and strategies and rules for our own personal gain, tricks to relieve our restlessness to get what we want from life. But there is very little in what goes on in most of the church public today that has anything to do with the Jesus who is in the gospel of Saint Matthew. There is very little about Jesus and his way and his work, very little about repentance, very little about the kingdom of God, not much at all about the cross, Or his willingness to be there for someone else to pour himself out in death for you. Even though Jesus' way has been proven to work and ours does not, we in our age have all but given him up. The proof you see is that our searches never end. The proof that our searches for God never really work is that they never really end. There is always one more book. There is always one more television preacher. There is always one more program, one more tip, one more strategy, one more principle for life. So our seeking never stops, and our searches never end, and our restlessness continues until we die tired and unsatisfied. That is not what Jesus meant for the church. That is not the Jesus of St. Matthew's Gospel. Where does it all end? It ends at the cross. It ends with Jesus on the cross, where divine love binds itself to death. That is not an obvious place. It is so not obvious that most of the churches that pride themselves on being open to seekers and seeking no longer have a cross in their sanctuary. But that's where Jesus is off to today. Whether you know it or not, even in this gospel, already in Matthew 4, Jesus is off to the cross. Along the way, there will be lots of acts of mercy, lots of healing, lots of giving. Along the way, there will be lots of preaching and lots of teaching, especially about the kingdom of God as the forgiveness of sins. As Jesus brushes up against people, his light will push back the darkness, they will come to life, and their lives will have meaning, but because he gives it. That is the joy of the gospel. The forces that shape and pull a pastor's sermon were fully engaged this week. I was to make a pitch for, one, Epiphany 3, two, the sanctity of life, and three, the capital campaign. Fortunately, Jesus has made it easy. Epiphany reveals Christ. Epiphany is the season of the wise men the magi, and what they find in the manger makes them wise. The hope of epiphany is that you will become a wise man or wise woman too. While the world may rebel against that wisdom, and sometimes even the, pu- ch- pu- the church public may forsake it, the wisdom, for example, that avoids abortion even though it is easy and legal, we here embrace an otherworldly wisdom of a God who's found us and delivered. So when it is time to stand up and do the right thing to support the Crisis Pregnancy Center here, to help start one in Russia, where six in 10 pregnancies end in abortion then that is what we do because that is light which pushes back the darkness. When it is time to have a capital campaign here so the fishing goes better, so there is space and place for new catches, then that is what we do because that is who we are. Christians are not anti-search, anti-discovery, or anti-joy. Rather, you as a Christian are given to discovering what it means to have been discovered. Your lives are meant to be one long search within the boundaries of Christ's gifts, that all you are and all you have and all you do is given into his service in joy, in wisdom, and in love for God and the good of others. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.